Happy Friday and welcome to Condé Nast Traveler Travelogue. This is our first ever episode of the podcast. I'm here with Pilar Guzman, our editor-in-chief, David Jeffries, who's our editor of Service and Surveys, and Laura Redman, who's our digital editor, and I am the digital director for Traveler. Um, we're going to get together and talk this week about the Reader's Choice Awards, but just if you hear ice clinking in the background, that is our cocktail of the week, which is up on the website today. Each week we go around the world, we try to find maybe, <laughs> that is the clinking of ice. Um, we try to find a cocktail maybe from a hotel bar or from just a place that we're excited about or is doing interesting things, and we bring that to the site. This week we've got the Prohibition cocktail from the Rosewood, Georgia in Vancouver, which uh, appropriately enough, was number five on the Reader's Choice Awards list for Best Hotels in Vancouver. So everything comes full circle. Um, so let, let's get right into it. Um, I wonder if you guys, Pilar and David, could talk a little bit maybe about what the Reader's Choice Awards are. Uh, David is really, he's the king of this survey. So maybe <laughs> we, can, we can ask him to give us the sort of overview of the history of the survey since he's been involved with it for a number of years and it is the biggest survey of its kind in its 28th year. Give us, give us a little window into the rigor that is the year-long, uh, never-ending, Golden Gate bridge painting <laughs> Uh, process that goes year long. Um, give us a little window. It starts and it's finished now, and it starts now again. Exactly. Because I have. Is to there keep one day that goes black or never? Do never. You sleep in no. It? <laughs> I'm not recently, as no. you know, seen that. And there's a matinee performance. Right. Well. There's a matinee. That that's called the yes the we have print and web. We've never done it quite so hugely on both levels, both mm. in print and on online. Um, the the job always begins with keeping track of what's new, what's opening, what we have talked about all year for 12 months, hot list. Uh, yes, and there's, it, you know, we, we start, actually, we this year was a record high, 128,000 respondents. respondents. 50,000 more than last year. And how many, more. so how many um, hotels, you just told me this number, were under consideration? Oh, that's this about 22,000. And under consideration, and 12,600 of them received votes. And Only 1,359 made it. So that means we really have got it down to a science here. We know that our readers know what's good. They also know what's new and what's different, because it used to be, five, ten years ago, it used to take at least two years for a property to open and then appear on as a winner on the RCA. Now it takes six months. And do you think that's sort of the power of social media and the digital I think they're listening to people yeah. like us. Mm -hmm. it's and interesting. they know that the peninsula in Paris just opened. They know the Waldorf Astoria in Amsterdam is a, is a spectacular property. Um, so that was a real surprise. You know, give, a, give us some highlights. What were some of the surprises? Just because I feel like this is a radically different list than last year even. Very much so. The larger standard properties... Four Seasons, Ritz-Carlton, Mandarin Oriental, they all did just as well as they've always done. Right. But they live in the middle of each of their lists or categories. Everything's broken down into geography. Um, 
Yeah, and I think you know, I think this back to your point about how it, it's there's a six month life cycle versus mm-hmm. multiple years to get on the list. What were some of the how many keys are you know? Four hundred sixty five properties were new this right. year. So mm-hmm. again, we broke a record on that one. And what um, kind of properties are those? Mostly small. This is this is the this thing is the we news. love, and this is what we love hearing so much about when you start reading the tea leaves yes. when you get the results back in and you. As you say, small is big, right? Small is big. Small places, independently owned, sometimes in a group. You know, there'll there'll be six within a small brand. But people are really traveling, even in places like Italy, where you would expect them to stay at the Hassler in Rome. Exactly. They're staying at the Inn at Spanish Steps. Yes. You have a tiny property or Portrait Roma. Right. Portrait Roma topped a couple of lists. All Um, of Ferragamo's properties got on. It's incredible. Yep. Um, Florence, Rome... And what about the Surrey in New York? I'm very curious about that place now. Have you been? Yeah, there I haven't recently? stayed there because I live in New York. But, <laughs> <laughs> no but, uh, staycation, right? <laughs> uh, but it is a beautiful property. Again, you know, it's not a tiny property, but it's not one of the usual suspects. It's actually sort of, you know, gained some some traction in in recent years. And months. people, their their repeat guests mm-hmm. guest numbers are, are extremely high at a property like that because and, people feel like it's it's. Almost members only. We mentioned that in, yeah. in the magazine. They feel that it's got this nice clubby quality to it. I think that's a, a big trend. It's a trend in Europe, especially in London, and, especially. And also, I think a, a real connection to place. I think yeah. that that's it's you don't no longer do you want to be hermetically sealed in a anonymously luxurious property that has you know Carrera marble imported in when you're in Tulum, right? <laughs> True. A lot of people do like that, which is why so many people like the Trump collection. <laughs> because eight out of ten Trump hotels made it on this year's yeah. list. It always makes it. People do like that to some yes. extent. And I don't want to make it sound like no, it's a large hotel true. isn't isn't run so beautifully that you, you don't see a you don't see a crack anywhere. Yeah, I mean that that's one of the things I was gonna say is because I saw that the, the that all those Trump hotels had made it and, I, and in looking at them, you know, in in fact let, there are some really They're beautiful well done. properties. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they, people really, really well like done. Trump Soho in New York. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is the large chains. Like Four Seasons was really has been really good at this. Um, I remember uh, my cousin was staying at the Four Seasons Resort in Nevis, mm. and she's from New York, high-powered lawyer. And she was talking to the concierge and the general manager about how they knew to treat guests from different parts of the world mm. or even different states. I mean, it, they're incredibly and well run. They are, and any New Yorker gets the code 212. Because they know that a New Yorker doesn't want the the wait Butter, staff Butterfield Eight, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, Butterfield yeah. Eight. They don't want the, their their waiter or waitress to go, "Hi, my name's Joe, and I'm going to be your waiter for the night." Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But somebody from Chicago might, yes, oh, um, for sure. or somebody from Miami might, because that's what they're used to. Yeah, that's so these smart. large hotels are very good at what they're doing. Yeah. What the smaller players are realizing is that sometimes that can seem too big brotherish and mm-hmm. too you know they know what what thread count you want on your bed and they know what teddy bear your child likes right. what these smaller places are able to do is if your child forgets the teddy bear mm-hmm. they'll post it to you mm-hmm. with a note yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that uh, comes up in comments a lot we also have tens of thousands of comments from people and their experiences yeah and the and more personalized the experience the happier they are 
So this used to be something that lived, you know, almost exclusively in book. Of course, we've had a website mm-hmm. for a number of years, but we really, um, really have pushed the list out um, and sliced and diced it in a million ways. Right. Uh, Laura and Brad, you can speak to that a little bit more. What's different about this year, how it's being distributed, the, the feedback that we're getting in sort of real time, um, you know, there's, uh, it's just changed. Well, we went bigger this year. I mean, yeah. as David said, 128,000 responses means we have a lot more to work with, and we have a number of beautiful slideshows. I mean, that's the other fun mm-hmm. part about the RCA. There are so many properties, so many wonderful cities and islands that we can just blow out online. Exactly. I mean, who doesn't want to look at a photo of Palawan in the Philippines? It's right. the number I, one island this yeah. year again. Absolutely gorgeous. And we don't actually have that much room in book because right. it takes it already takes up a bunch of pages, and we've got to get everybody on on there. And <laughs> there are, there really isn't room for pictures. So right. It's really it's it's a it's a great way that these you know that you can it's a companion it's a perfect companion for the well for both each is a companion to the other and you know what was fun this year was we made a bigger deal about the best cities in the world mm-hmm. and the best cities in the U.S. and we divided the list into we don't want to qualify too much but big cities and small cities the big cities we love getting kind of a conversation going so number one this year was New York number two was San Francisco first time ever. First time ever. Very exciting. And, you yep. know, you have the mayor, Mayor de Blasio, tweeting out at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. He's into it, gets things going. But, like, what what do the Californians so, think of that? I mean, I'm curious about that because, <laughs> you know, it surprises me, and, of course, I'm biased, but it surprises me that New York hasn't been number one on that list before. Why? What do you think, well, like, are, what, what's New the York's dynamic there? It's tricky, right? It's a, t- I mean, it's it's a, a tough very, it's, place I mean, People love, they, they're intimidated by it. They love to hate it. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, one, one of the stats that came out was that um, a lot of people, it's a bucket list city that they mm-hmm. come and they only come once in mm-hmm. their lives and that's enough. And mm-hmm. it is, you know, for a lot of people, a lot of people can't take New York. That was that, was <laughs> that, that wonderful factoid from last year's survey. Uh, that we asked people if they were rating New York or any city, is has this been your first visit? Mm-hmm. And if they said yes, I'd take note of that. And then the second question was, would you return? <laughs> 90, over 96% of people who had been here on a first-time visit would not return. Really? It's 97%, over 97% of people who had been here multiple times would return. Yeah. And so, so it's and, one of those. So it grows on you. So what? Do, it yeah, gro- yeah. If around. you survive that first bump, right. then then you're if good. You don't mind humans. But, it's okay. You know, it's also incredibly expensive. Yes. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yes. Um, I think as a tourist, it's it's you know you you want if you're doing your one trip here, you're going to do everything, so you're going to spend a lot of money. Right. Um, you, you know, going to a show, the museums are not cheap. You know, it's it's all of that. I, I think I think the thing that might have tipped it over this year is the development of lower manhattan totally the excitement agree. it's just it's yeah. a reason to come here um whereas yeah. every, you know it's it's always changing but nothing has been more radical than what's happened to lower manhattan and of course we're sitting right now in one world trade <laughs> um doing this pot- podcast as you know <laughs> uh, right now so you know it's we feel it because we're here you know we were pioneers and we've just watched the tourists pour in. And as every, you know, the museum opening, everything happening down here, you know, there's, there's, another, there's yet another reason to come to the city. Yeah. And the rankings this year mm-hmm. for, the, for the categories, one, two, and three. Number one was arts and culture, yeah. highest rating. Number two was shopping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number three was restaurants and food. Yeah. It, it wasn't right. scenery. It wasn't friendliness. <laughs> it wasn't value. It was <laughs> it was those three things. And I just see it over and over again with friends visiting. This is what they come for. Mm-hmm. They come for the museums. They're willing to pay 
$300 for a Broadway show per right. seat. Right. They're willing to, to pay a lot for very small hotel rooms because mm-hmm. this is a very public exposed place to come visit because you're out with everyone else. You're not so sitting true. in a resort by your private pool. Yeah, it's not about the You have to experience. interact yeah. with all our, all right. the charming people who work here with us. <laughs> trying to commute every morning <laughs> past the path train. Pilar, Pilar, you talked a little bit about the, the, the digital expression of the thing, but I'm, I'm always curious because we see you guys working on this for literally weeks over, and I, I'm curious as to what was different this year about the way that you put the, the package together in the book. I mean, I think it was really the way that it was, I mean, even just the decision uh, to to pry big and small cities apart, domestic and international, I think uh, that, well, I think in some ways that is in response to last year's, you know, we've had Charleston top our charts for many mm-hmm. years in a row. I think that the, you know, the emphasis on, on big cities has shifted to some degree. I think Charleston, Nashville, you, you were just, you, uh, just Laura was in just in, in uh, uh, Nashville last weekend. And the food scene, I mean, when we talk about cities with the best restaurants, the food scene in Nashville and Charleston feels comparable. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the kind of experience you get in a really Absolutely. big city. Absolutely. You have restaurants like Husk. There's a, the original in Charleston, the branch in Nashville, delivering amazing meals, you know, really fresh. I saw your board. meal on Instagram. Oh, God. It's incredible. Charcuterie mm-hmm. board and then a veggie board, you know. And all the grains, those beautiful grain right. salads. Uh, I, I, and I think that that speaks to, you know, in some ways this dovetails with this this notion of the the small hotel, mm-hmm. small cities, small hotels. Yeah. I think you feel, um, I think smaller cities work hard, harder in some ways than New York has to, <laughs> or cities like London or, or you know, uh, well, Los Angeles is an interesting one, actually topping the chart for millennials for the first time. Um, and I think people under 30, I, I believe that was the... Yep, they're drawn to it. Anyone born after 1980, that was their number one destination this year so I'm in, within the U.S., Hmm? I'm a millennial. I keep forgetting that. Who knows? That was Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yes, yeah. Los Angeles. And and uh, Pilar, you and I had a discussion early on with with how to present this, and we I think we kept saying over and over again, apples and oranges, apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. And that's why this year I chose to break out. Well, I chose the readers chose because they gave me so much mm-hmm. that Rome has its own list, Venice has its own yeah. list, Florence has its own list, and then Italy not including Rome, Venice and Florence, has its own list because it's hard to compare Amalfi or yeah. Positano to Venice. Yeah. to Venice. That's exactly and right. And I, and I think, but that was your that was your decision based on the risk. critical mass in all of these different Correct. pockets. And that's, uh, to, uh, clinking our cocktails, uh, Vancouver got its first list yeah. this year. <laughs> it used to be Eastern Canada, Western Canada hotels. Now it's Vancouver and then rest of Canada. Yeah. Vancouver is hugely popular Yeah, as, you, as a city destination. When you live on the West Coast, I was out there up in the Pacific Northwest for about four and a half years, and Vancouver... Is you would cross the border, you know, once a month just to go to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. It's like Napa for it kind an, of is yeah for yeah. Angelinos yeah. Food, the beer, the natural scenery. I mean, you can yeah. go skiing up in Whistler. You just yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Now it's um I, I think that there's a an openness to um I mean I, I actually think that the the smaller cities actually accommodate take care of people in a better way, mm-hmm. I think, in, in many ways than a big city, even though the infrastructure is there and the bigger city. You were saying that Nashville is is wonderful, but it's gotten such a throng that, you know, it's getting ready for prime time in a way. You know, it's sort of right. gotten hit and probably the popularity of the show. And I think the show helped. Mm-hmm. I think 
I don't know, the, the food scene, the music yeah. scene. Yeah. It's, it feels like a top spot for bachelorette parties now. And yeah. bachelor parties. <laughs> you were saying that. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Charleston, Charleston too. as well. New Orleans. And this is this is kind of off topic, but you mentioned, you know, Uber in, in Nashville and, you know, that being a really big thing. Right. Do you feel like this is the, the survey may or may not like address this at all, but do you feel like that's changing the approach in those smaller cities? Because even in San Francisco, I can remember, like it was very hard to get a cab and that's gone away now. So mm-hmm. you can navigate these cities that sometimes are driving cities, right? Like yeah. Austin is a driving city. You don't city need to rent a car. You don't need to rent a yeah. car. You don't need to sort of figure out the transportation. Because you don't scene. actually want to rent a car no, in that's these right. cities. Like, they're, like San Francisco in some ways, nobody wants to drive in no. San Francisco. You no. Know? no. Um, and at the same time, you can't. The, the public transportation is, you know, not good. Not great. Right. And, you know, uh, you know, it's good between it, within the Bay Area, but sort of within San Francisco is not great. And so you can have, once again, sort of reifying this idea that it's about um, the ability to have as as good a local experience as one can have. So you don't want to always feel like, yes, you're willing to do the touristy things and you want to do the touristy things and tick them off your list. But you want to feel what it's like to be somebody who lives there to some degree and to you know, dine like a San Franciscan right. or, you know, so that, that allows you, that's just another way in. It's like, if you're staying in a property that feels of the place and you're eating in restaurants that are not like the, you know, whatever the, the, I, I don't know, I'm trying to the Carnegie deli or whatever, right, right, you know, right. that yeah. are actually places that New Yorkers eat. Right. Um, you know, then you feel much more, you feel savvier. I yeah. think that's, you know, I'm just yes. seeing in general, the results um, are so heartening. I feel like people have more confidence mm, in their wait. ability to navigate the world. Two properties in Iceland. Amazing. And we know how hot Iceland is. Yeah. Um, and also, please but, uh, check out this. <laughs> this oh, sorry. Um, I feel like half our staff is in Iceland. I know. <laughs> yes. Right yeah. Everyone's yeah. going through Reykjavik. Yeah. Yeah. I was there in June. Yes. And we have a beautiful piece on skiing in Iceland in yeah. this month's issue. Yeah. Um, I mean, the photography on that is yeah, breathtaking. Stunning. And who knew? Yeah, exactly. I've been multiple times. I never knew you could really ski in Iceland. Right. Well, does that um, mean people are taking more risks, do you think? Or, or yeah, I mean, I guess that's I, what I think, I think you're right. And Bucket I, List really plays into this. There's, mm-hmm. There have been so many articles re- written in the travel press this year about the top ten bucket list disappointments. Mm. It's the Mona Lisa. Oh, it's yeah, uh, totally. the Coliseum, yeah. which is, just like, looks like, like a decrepit parking lot now. If I could just get that reflection out of <laughs> right. the view yeah. of the yeah. Yeah. And with, yeah. with, with yeah. the selfie stick problem, Brad, to refer to Brad and Laura's wonderful piece uh, on, on... Shark attacks versus Shark attacks selfies. versus yeah. selfie. We did, we did cover that yes. proudly. <laughs> proudly uncovered. Did the, you break that? We broke that. We broke that and then... What was then, it? Yes. Selfies are killing more people than sharks this year? Indeed, indeed. Selfies are very... true. And then everyone stole it from us. Everyone did. So funny. Yeah. Did you know there are professional grade selfie sticks? That who does is there a professional what, selfie rust? taker out there? There I, is. I, no. yeah. <laughs> of course there is. Yeah. Of course there is. I guess there must be. Instagram plays into this hugely as well. Now that people are sharing, and how do I think about it? Right. Uh, sharing so much of their experiences, like our executive editors in in Japan right now, and I am drooling over every single. Yeah. food shot that he's yeah. taken. He also do, ha, does nice little pithy descriptions mm-hmm. of the noodle maker or yeah, yeah, yeah. why there are gold flecks on the plate. Well, and I think what, because he knows how to eat. He knows how to eat. I think because people are more connected that way, they might think to themselves, oh, Iceland looks 
nothing like what I thought it would look yeah, like yeah. from a friend or a friend of a friend or just somebody who they happen to like who they're following. Yeah, so that, I think that, and that's reflected here. Yeah, I think that's interesting too because it's, sim- yeah. it's similarly to Uber. Like you've got these new platforms for exposure, right? Like so people can discover these places in on Instagram. They can discover them in Facebook. They can discover them on their on Twitter, whatever. And and that allows these places to have almost an equal equal mm-hmm. exposure to like the New Yorks and the and the Los Angeleses and the Londons, right? Do you feel like that's mm-hmm. absolutely into this? yeah? And the smaller properties are reaching out to their past guests, which is perfectly allowable, uh, to encourage them to vote, yeah. and um, that that has proven to work. There yeah. were and there always have been um, ballot stuffers. Mm-hmm. I love using that <laughs> phrase. <laughs> oh, <that's great>. yeah. <laughs> um, and they employ big companies in, they in use unnamed big socks. Co- <laughs> <laughs> unnamed countries. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a little tricky. Yeah, that, we need the hail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> prohibition cocktail. Yeah. But that and they and the the thing you the, those people learn is never to do it twice because it doesn't pay off because I clean the files. So back to Brad's. No, I think that's great. Like everybody, take yes. note. Uh, David is hand. watching. He, he oh, will cut your yes. hands he, off. David is oh. watching your hand on the scale, and he knows, and know. you are you will be punished. Yes, because if, if one property gets voted perfect scores 7,000 times from the same computer, something's up. Yeah. So this is business. That's this, business. This, this that's is the hard business. work. That's the, that's the nasty one week I, I get in July when July. I, I've, I've yeah. got to look at that stuff. Yeah. And then it's fun to watch how it all plays out. And to uh, Laura's point is we are using this information for the next 12 months. I was just going to say I think it, it has absolutely informed the, the edit going forward i think that you know we have had conversations on the heels of of this data and saying you know actually we should really do a package on eh, because yeah. of you know we have one we've, we did some really fun things last year with with uh where women wanted to go versus men for honeymoons that was right. great. or romantic weekends or where people in their 30s what kind of trip they 30s, should really take? Thirties, forties, fifties, sixties. Where the most beautiful people are—that's a little contentious, yes. but you know we have Sexiest that kind of cities. data coming out. Of best, best cities for pizza. Best food cities. I'm yes. looking forward to that one. We have a lot of food cities. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you look, David? Where do you want to go now, based on what you've read this year, in the RCAs? Is there <gasps> a, a country, an island, a, a property? I, I, yeah. God, it's such a hard one. I, I, Actually, I want to go. I, I'm not haven't been exposed to the American West that much, and we got a lot of upscale dude ranches. Yeah. Uh, like resort at Paws Up has some beautiful tents. We're not going to use the G word. <laughs> no. Let's no. not. Oh. Well, now we have we, to. Glamping. Oh, oh. It's just oh the my worst. Mind. It really is the worst. Yeah. Um, uh, but Sea Lazy Ranch, Gateway Canyons Resort. Yeah. Um, Colorado is really big. Yeah. Um, for a lot of these in Montana, so I would say Montana and just like I, the Tetons, that area. Yeah, I'm such yeah, an yeah. urban-driven lad that <laughs> it's always a shock for me to go somewhere yeah. where there are no people. Yes. So that that's that's what really came through to me, the luxury dude ranches. So so um, the last thing that I that I wanted to ask you about is if you're seeing any kind of trends other than the small is big. Are you seeing anything with amenities? Are you seeing anything with what people are looking for, with what people are giving extra credit for, that kind of thing? I think. What do you think about? I mean, I think food has become more and more important. I know it's food's sort of, big, it's not- and, and the trend that we're starting to explore. Um, just in the office mm-hmm. here, literally have just started to really talk mm-hmm. hard and deep about is 
the hotel as a destination. Yeah. So that you don't, you might not necessarily be staying there. You might just have friends staying there, or you it might be in your own city. Yeah. And you'll go to the restaurants within these hotels, and you'll go to the bar right, as exactly. if they were freestanding. Yeah. yeah, and I do. I, I I think that's a great point. Um, I mean, you know, properties like the, these are not on the RCA necessarily, but the Hotel Beauchemin in Paris is one. We just, you know, it's it's one of those. You gravitate places. towards it. You gravitate it. toward yeah. it, and it because um, there is almost uh, for a hotel to succeed in this day and age, especially small one, it has to have, it's got to sort of punch above its weight, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, especially when they have not that many keys, you know, it's, it's, it's got, I mean, not only from a business perspective, but, um, from a, you know, if you're going to open, um, a restaurant in Paris or in London, it, it can't, you know, you, you can't just have sort of the generic lobby experience. It has to right. be a destination. Right. Yep. Um, and like, it has to define the city in some way. We're, we're loving Rosewood right now. Rosewood, London, and its main courtyard yeah, it's started a, um, and it's a farmer's market. And the art collection there. Yeah, it's and really the, beautiful. the brass and the hallways. Um, mm -hmm. And each Rosewood is totally distinct mm -hmm. and of place, which I think, you know, rather than the sort of, um, even if it's generically beautiful, to have a kind of the consistency from city to city, there are some people who expect and like that. But more and more, I think you're seeing even offshoots within bigger brands of, you know, um, JW Marriott, yeah, you or know, for example, autograph collection, or the autograph, yeah. which try exactly. and reflect the the, the, the place. place. Yeah. And I think you know That's a lot of them are doing a good job of that. Yeah. I think it's the demand is there. Yeah, and I do. Do you feel like do you feel like they're developing calling cards around that? Like like is you know autograph with art maybe, and mm -hmm. the sure. Rosewoods with the bars. I feel like they the, each of them has not not in a restrictive sense, but I feel like they get known for really investing in a particular type of experience. Are you yeah. seeing that sort of reflected? Yeah, very much, and and uh, across the board. It doesn't have to be a big player. Um, it can be the restoration on King in Charleston was just expanded, and they put in a little shop. They have a nice lobby, a nice bar. It's 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 another trend is the at home experience. It's the you're get you're you're having a wonderful visit, but you're not being looked after. Right, you know, by uh, by a twenty four hour butler, oh, you're right. almost left left alone. Right. The hands off experience too, with a number of hotels yeah. going with tablets and apps that allow you to just mm -hmm. ring room service on your phone. You truly don't have to talk to anyone if you don't <laughs> want to, and I mean that's wonderful and antisocial, but you know it, it, it it's is, available. It is a it is a growing, unfortunate growing trend, but it is can be. But it is sort of it's funny when you're in a foreign country, for example. My husband always makes me call <laughs> for coffee. Mm -hmm. He's just it, no he matter what like no it. matter what language we're you know whatever. Right country we're in and you know I speak a couple of languages but not all of them <laughs> and I'm always I'm the foreign language communicator no matter what even if I'm speaking English you know um, to whatever no, I, I do the same thing I make Laura call every every we were in Spain this year and I made her call I made her talk to the concierge I made her talk to the people who are checking in everything oh, so it's, it's not it's not even breakfast it's soup to nuts yeah, you're, no, you're, I just, you're just mute. Yes, I, I, because I am one of those people who, if the app exists, I will use the app. But please, mm -hmm. do not make me talk to somebody. And it's just, it's a fear thing. I think as much as anything right. else. I think it's an American thing. Okay, actually. fair enough. Yeah. You think? Right. Well, look how look. We never thought it would be possible to board a flight just with your phone. Yeah, and no, not not just your phone, your watch. I used my watch last week to to, to check in and everything. Check in at, at security, and they're used to it now. Would that be the Apple Watch? It would be. <laughs> Lovely. Are you in love with it? I do like it a lot. I um, in love. Love is uh, a strong love word. Love is. I only say love, love is a, a couple battlefield. times. <laughs> <laughs> do you love yours? Um, I actually, I kind of, I take it on and off. Um, I sort of fell in love with it this weekend. 
then I took it off. Do you talk to it? <laughs> I talk to mine all the time. I send a lot of text messages. Oh, that's good. No, I, I, you know what? I haven't used that functionality yet. I, I told you, I, I do. I tell time, and I put a timer on for my kid because he doesn't do anything if there's not a timer attached to it. But I am wondering. I, I, I am wondering. <laughs> that's a fancy timer. You've got it's there. a very fancy timer. Um, uh, but David, I'm wondering if, if again, like. How much does th that kind of technology, how much are you seeing in the survey people sort of grading properties on? Because we, we know we, we, did a, we did a series this summer on, you know, millennials um, and, and, you know, their sort of travel patterns and the, their demands and the things that they're looking for, which a lot of hotels are paying attention to now, right, because it's a huge market. And one of the things that we found is that, the, the, you know, Paul wrote a piece about this um, uh, last month as well, which is, you know, Wi-Fi is the most oh. important thing. If you don't have Wi-Fi, People forget about it. Fight. I don't care. Yeah, it's and if you have to pay for it, no, yeah, no tempers it's are blown. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to have to pay for um, Wi-Fi. I, mean, I, I think his his kicker was like just you know I just need a place. I don't care. I don't need a record player to make me feel <laughs> at home as a millennial. Right. Um, right. I, I, I need a plug by the nightstand to plug in my phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But don't yeah. you know yeah. out? Yeah. Drop the mic. Yeah. You yeah. know that's um, the most important. Yeah. But fifty percent of readers, I would also venture to say, are looking for places where there are no plugs and no TVs and no phones. On the and other end of the spectrum. On the <laughs> other end of the spectrum. Well, that's what's so nice. With this, this many people, we do get I mean, the really, full spread. It really is an incredible it, survey. Well done. Yes. My <laughs> pleasure. Work. All right. Well, so let's wrap it up for this week. Thank you very much, all of you, for coming and talking about this. Um, I just want to roll out by letting people know you can see the entire RCA survey on our website at cntraveler.com slash RCA. Very easy. Um, and you can also follow us. Please do. Um, we've got lots of video going up on our YouTube channel. Um, we've got everything we do goes up on our Facebook channel. Um, those are both Condé Nast Traveler. And then we've got Twitter. We have a terrific Instagram. And we actually do have the Snapchat. Those are at Sea and Traveler. And uh, so we would love to see you. And that is it for this week. Thank you very much. 